This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. David Jean-Baptiste drives, goes up, three-pointer on the way. Got it! He hit it! David Jean-Baptiste, three at the buzzer! Bucks win it! You're listening to BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Tuesday. The call last night, Chattanooga hits the game-winning shot. March Madness officially underway. And joining us right now to talk about all of the conference tournaments and the big one next week, Matt Cox from 3manweave.com. He's joining us on the Roman Guest Line. Matt, welcome to the show. Happy to have you today. And uh, we had a buzzer beater last night, so some... um, so, some feeling of March here in the air as we get ready for all these tournaments. Matt, when, when you look at the um, projected field, the projected bracket, you know, the top teams that we know about, is there one right now that you are, you're thinking about fading when we get to March? A, a top team, you know, maybe a top 10, top 15 team that you're like, you know what? I don't believe in that one. It's funny. I think the the two teams that have gotten the most pub in this light is, are Providence and Wisconsin. Uh, they're, I think, ranked two of the top three most luckiest teams per Kempom's analytic measure in that regard. Um, they've just won so many big games in questionably uh, legitimate fashion. Just a ton of comebacks. They've had the horseshoe up their ass, as we've said, for most of the year. However, I think both teams are actually almost undervalued just because of how much shade and public light that they've been um, you know, tarred and feathered. You look at the analytic metrics, like Providence is still hovering around 40. I still think they're a better team than 40th. I think they're closer to top 25. The one team I am a little bit worried about is Houston, who has slowly fallen down the totem pole. They're down to, I think, a high-end 5-seed, low-end 4-seed at most shops, uh, according to Bracket Matrix on the S-curve. They've just run out of gas, man. Like, the, the injuries that they've sustained this season, no coach could could possibly navigate that. I tip my cap to Kelvin Sampson, but I think they've run out of steam. So um, I think that's a team that's going to have a, a lot of trouble uh, getting out of the second week or out of the first weekend. I'm at on these conference tournaments tipping off over the next couple of days. Are there any that stand out where you, you just see chalk? It's probably not worth going value hunting, going down the board a little bit. And uh, in that same vein, are there some that stand out that you think are wide open? And if you want to go the, down the board and find some value, you've probably got a shot to, to hit a bit of a longer shot. Yeah, so in the power conference realm, I, there's a mixed bag. I, I did go chalk in the Big 12. Um, Kansas is being priced roughly uh, plus 250, depending on when, where you look, um, depending on where you're shopping for lines there. I think that's probably the best bet. There's um, Baylor, for context, is plus 220 in that same bracket. But I think Kansas has the better draw because they're lined up with TCU and Texas, two, th- two teams I think are more vulnerable relative to Iowa State and Texas Tech, who Baylor has to go through to reach the title game. 
Um, Bill Self's been a magician in navigating through this Big 12 tournament in years past. I think they're a pretty good, quote-unquote, buy low, if you want to call Kansas a buy low. Um, in the smaller conference pool, you know, Iona is a pretty common chalky pick right now to win their conference tournament. They're a fairly um, – they've been the best team in that league from start to finish. Rick Pitino won that thing as a was an eight seed last season, pulled off the improbable. Um, just an awesome coach in March. His track record is, you know, needs no – um, you know, needs no context. I would take Iona anything up to minus 150 to come out of the MAAC. Uh, so far this year, the chalk picks have done pretty well. You look at Murray State, um, you look at Chattanooga to a lesser extent, you look at, um, I'm blanking on one more there at the top, but in general, don't be afraid to lay juice with these chalky picks. I also have one a ticket currently with South Dakota State tonight at minus 200. Um, so if you find a good draw, especially if you want to win two or three games with the way the bracket sets up, I think chalk's the way to go. Well, speaking of Chuck, what are your thoughts on Moneyline rollovers? And is that a strategy yep. we might be taking a look at? Yes, absolutely. That's huge. I think people forget to mention that is a uh, a viable alternative. In many cases, the better alternative to just simply laying a, a poor price. I think the key is, A, you have to price shop. You got to look around and see what you can get in the market. If that best price doesn't make sense when you think about the potential Moneyline rollover, um, option, then you're right. You, you should definitely roll over the money line. The key is what are the matchups impending for that team down the road, right? So you want to look at who could they possibly play? Um, what might those money line prices be in hypothetical matchups? Then you kind of set that next to what the price is for the overall future, just sort of as a gut check or a, a rationale perspective to make sure you're not just taking a, a really, uh, you know, stinky price for you're right. What you could just simply bet the money line all the way through. Matt, when you look to the ACC, Duke's a big favorite. We saw them lose on Saturday night to Carolina. Is there is there value anywhere else in the ACC? We were talking about that earlier in the show. I mean, is Carolina's number moved? And obviously, they beat Duke in Duke Saturday, so you're going to have movement on their number. Notre Dame's also less than 10 to 1. Then you kind of jump to the Miamis, Virginia Techs. Is there any value in the ACC, or do you expect Duke to, to kind of bounce back here from what happened last weekend? I Again, back to my chalk theme. I did take Duke small in this one, but it's no big bet for me. I to me, it feels like that UNC loss reinvigorates them and they kind of use that as a launching pad to reassert how dominant they've been for most of the year. However, there is value on the opposite side of the bracket away from Duke, um, actually in North Carolina's part of the field. That's Virginia and Virginia Tech, specifically Virginia. They've been bet down a little bit. I think I saw them at plus 2,000 a couple days ago. It seems like they've dropped down to plus 1,500 at most shops at this point. Um, I just think the way that Virginia is playing uh, you know, down the stretch, they've sort of sewn up some of the rotational issues. And Tony Bennett's a guy I trust um, to to game plan effectively against a lot of these really unique matchups in the ACC. I thought he did a really nice job against UNC. UNC just shot the lights out in that matchup at Chapel Hill earlier this season. I think they could potentially pop UNC in a rematch there um, and dance and kind of bounce their way to the title game against Duke. And we know what problems they pose against Duke. That pack line is a kryptonite for Duke. Um, it's it, it shined through in a big way in both games this season. So, yeah, I think Virginia plus 1,600. Hopefully, Shop Round finds something closer to plus 18. It would be my best non-Duke future in that field. Uh, you don't want to make too many comps to last year because we had so many players sitting out due to the COVID around this time with the conference tournament. But you, do you think there's a Georgia Tech in Oregon State, uh, maybe even a Georgetown? out there for this year which ones could you see some chaos which conferences uh that's a good question the big the big east is going to be wide open i took um i took marquette plus 700 i don't think that's that's not quite to the oregon state georgetown level of chaos i think you're alluding to there right 
but that is one where I tried to go with a deeper long shot. To be honest, I looked at Arizona State. This is a Hill Mary and probably dead money here. Uh, plus 25000 I mean, just an absolute asinine price. I know they're going to be matched up um, potentially with Arizona if they get out of that first-round game at Stanford. But they played Zona competitively in one of the two meetings this season. I know they backdoored that second game, so that 12-point or 11-point uh, defeat is a little bit misleading. But again, like plus 25000 I mean, I think you can – toss five bucks on that and you know basically forget about it and then hey who knows maybe bobby hurley gets the guys fired up they they stun arizona and maybe in a letdown spot there and, and sure enough you're you're in play i that's my um you know shot to the gods but i'm, I'm not going to put any real money on that obviously plus twenty five thousand, usually dead money anyway i went to arizona state so you're speaking my language right now Sunday, what about up, uh yeah the mountain west is an interesting conference any teams you like in that one Wide open. I that was the one where you look at it, and typically the ones that are wide open are the ones where there's usually good value. If you find a horse that you really like and you can you can justify it, I could make a case for up to seven, eight teams in this field. So ultimately, Woo! I stayed away. Um, yeah. to gun to my head, I think San Diego State's the best bet. Just the way they defend, um, they're going to potentially be matched up with Fresno in that first game. Brian Dutcher, that's a mentor versus mentee matchup. Um, they just got scared by Fresno the last week of the season. I think that reinvigorates them. They they get past there. They march on to the semis. So at that point, you're looking at basically uh, two games for a team that's, what, plus 300 around most shops. And an offense that's trending up. They're getting some guys that are making shots now. Uh, they're not having to always win games by, you know, 50 to 45 rock fight type of style. So I do like uh, Brian Dutcher and the Aztecs, if you have to play one. But I'd say relative to the other conferences on the board, there's not a ton of uh, highly confident picks I have here. We're talking to Matt Cox, three-man weave here on college basketball tournaments this week. And then, of course, selection Sunday, uh, this coming Sunday. Matt, let's talk about Gonzaga. They win last night by 10 over a San Francisco team I've liked all year that just every time I watch them on TV, they're getting beat up by Gonzaga. It feels like every time we talk about this this year in college basketball, we're like, all right, Gonzaga or, right? We're trying to pick out who's going to knock them off, who's going to win the title. They're a favorite to make the Final Four. How good is this Gonzaga team? I mean, every metric says they are excellent. They're a favorite to make the Final Four. Do you view them that way, or are they vulnerable as we head to March? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I think they're actually built for, um, how, they're, they're a lower floor, a safer bet to make the Final Four than last year's team. As dominant as last year's team was, that's because they're, defensively structured more soundly up front this season, right? I, I think teams found success, um, you know, a, attacking Drew Timmy in some spots on the defensive end last year. Uh, but with Chet Holmgren, I mean, that dude just neutralizes everything up front, absolute freak and what he's turned into on the offensive end as well. If there's a weakness with the, with this Gonzaga team, it's perimeter wing defense. And that's a tiny, tiny nitpick. Uh, the Dons exploited that in a couple of matchups last night. They have throughout this in the other two matchups in the regular season, but back to your initial question, I think this team is just a slight notch below last year's team, but I still have them as the best, the highest power rated team right now in the field. 
The problem is that teams two through eight are all really, really good. And I think better than like the two through eight crop last season where last year you had two heavy hitters from the get go Baylor Gonzaga this year. I think you have Gonzaga and then a bunch of really close one, a one B type candidates, um, that that'll fill out the one and two seed line. So Gonzaga to make final four, I think is a better bet than Gonzaga to win it all to put it in context. Okay. You kind of lead me to my next question because there are a lot of different groups right now. It seems like uh, in media covering college basketball, there are some that believe yes, Gonzaga is the best and there is a separation. Some odds makers believe they're you know, they're five, six points better than any other team. And some say, no, 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 no. This thing is completely, completely wide open and they're willing to list off eight to maybe a dozen teams that can make a run to the Final Four and, and then win the championship. But is there that big drop-off that y- you mentioned eight teams? Like, do you see yep. do you see us getting to a Tier 2, Tier 3 after the eight? Or are, are there some teams maybe not getting enough love like, um, like, I don't know, Iowa or Texas, even though they've come close so many times, but they haven't pull, been able to pull off these big victories like we saw this weekend. Yeah, I go back and forth. I, I, I do think this is – I see a slight drop-off from Gonzaga to what, wherever you want to draw the line for that Tier 2. Um, but that Tier 2, the gap between that Tier 2 and Gonzaga is much, much closer than last year. The other thing is that that Tier 2 is also a pretty a deep tier. It's got, like I said, up to eight teams. To be honest, I think Duke's the second best team in the field. The problem is that they're just so inconsistent that I wouldn't trust them with a national title pick. I have them power rated um, actually a hair above Arizona, who's awesome. Kentucky, awesome. Baylor is still Baylor. I don't care that they're hurt. The the rotation that they've settled into now uh, with those freshmen emerging has really impressed me. Kansas is still Kansas. Purdue, I'm not as worried about the defensive concerns as other people are. Auburn, Illinois. I mean, so that, that like I said, that tier two is really deep. And while... Yeah. Gonzaga is still a, a slight tick above just the sheer quantity of alternative options makes the Gonzaga national title future bet a little bit more ominous, in my opinion, relative to like a final four future pick. So what would your final four future picks be your best ones for us? I think Gonzaga minus 115 as chalky as that looks is, is a good wager. Uh, so I don't like to make these until the draw comes out though. This is a key thing. I wouldn't go hopping in um, based on, just me spewing through the airwaves right now. I think the draw is critical, <laughs> but right now, just in a vacuum, assuming Gonzaga doesn't draw like, I think Kentucky could be a tough one if they get slotted with the two opposite Gonzaga. I'd be a little worried about that, but still Gonzaga is, I think my best bet to make the final four. Um, you could maybe talk me into Baylor or Auburn just at the prices right now. But again, I got to wait to see the, uh, the draw. Okay. All right, with the, obviously, you need to see the draw. But in general, the SEC, it feels like the best conference top to bottom. We don't always yep. see that play out in the tournament, though. You know, when we get a bunch of teams that are really good. You know, this show's on Tennessee. I've been on Auburn all year. H- how do you think the SEC is going to perform before seeing the matchups? Do you feel like it's going to translate to the tournament? Or are you, you kind of wondering how it's going to look when they get away from each other in the conference? No, I th- I think they'll be fine in the tournament. I worry, like, for example, the Big Ten is more of a it's a conference that has more of like a homogenous identity or DNA. And I think we saw that come back to bite them potentially in last year's tournament, right? Everyone's a, almost every team in the big Ten's physical. They play man to man. There's not a ton of crazy defensive hiccups or wrinkles that they throw at you. We're like the pac 12. We see a ton of teams play zone and do more gimmicky stuff. And that's why I think you see teams like Oregon have success in the field in the tournament, because when they match up against other power conferences, 
that lack of familiarity, right? Syracuse, prime example, right? Why, why are they always so good in March? Because, well, no one knows how to prepare against his own. Um, the SEC, I think, has a good blend of teams that mix and match defenses, team that play exclusively man. So I think they're better prepared than like with like a Big Ten, um, but they're not quite as tricky, so to speak, as like a Pac-12, although they are much better than the Pac-12, just stylistically uh, may, not, may not pose those same wrinkles um, that can be advantageous. Outside of Murray State, is there a mid-major that uh, you're circling that that when you th- you think we get the brackets on Sunday, uh, you could see them going into the second week? Man, Loyola's looks pretty good right now. The blurs have done it. Um, <laughs> it's basically a copy-paste of last year's roster. Just you take out Crutwig and you input Chris Knight and, and Ryan Schwiger, the two Ivy League transfers um, who kind of have that Swiss Army nice matrix type of skill set there. The blurs you can't count out. North Texas has major giant killing potential the way they slow you down. Um, they defend, and Grant McCaslin just proved it last year he could do it, knocked off a really poor old Purdue team. South Dakota State and Vermont are going to be popular pick because of how well they shoot it. I don't trust their defense, though. Um, so I would focus more on South Dakota, I'm sorry, North Texas, the Ramblers, and Chattanooga as well. The Mox went off that wild win last night. I think they have giant killing potential as well. Great stuff. Matt Cox, three-man weave. Check him out there. We'll be back to this side, breaking down more conference tournaments, A-10, Mid-Atlantic. That's up next right here on the Beck UL Network.